Yeah, I um, saw I saw that with the Life is Strange uh, discounts for the Steam sale because it's like this franchise is zero percent off because I own everything on Steam for this for the whole franchise. Hell yeah! I was like, damn, Aww. that's a steal, zero percent off. Thank you for joining us here on episode 58 of Cup of Joe's. I'm your host, Joe Brown, joined by my best friend, Joe Perry. And Joe, we are back. We have made a commitment, and so far it's worked out two weeks in a row, which is I, I think is commendable in our position. We got a podcast up two weeks in a row. We did. Or we will, because we're speaking to you from the past. Right. Unless my, oh. my internet goes out forever, you know, fingers fingers <laughs> crossed. And then I got to, like, I have to drive my computer down to North Carolina to just give it to you to upload it. Take my computer. What do you call it? North Crackalacky or something? North Crackalacky, baby. Right. I got to drive all the way down, give you my computer, and then you upload. And then I come back. Um, But You know, Joe Brown, you could get a job down here, and then we could record in person. You know what I'm saying? So is this how our conversations go? We're just changing Houston to North Carolina? Yeah, essentially. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard, you know? It's better than the Houston idea, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, I will, we'll think about it. Maybe you just hire me to be your to, friend. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hire you to be my friend. I just want you to be my friend. <laughs> well, I need I need an income down in North Carolina. What am I going to do there? I don't know, get a job. <sighs> Too much work. Oh, yeah. Okay. Course. Anyway, let's get started here, Joe. So on this week's episode of Cup of Joes, we're going to we're going to be a little quicker than the last one cuz there was a lot to recap in E3. Uh so this one will be a a, a lighter episode. So have some some light topics like uh Borderlands. We're going to have info on that. Joe's going to talk about the movie specifically. And, and actually going to get my reaction to something live. And we're going to talk about Cyberpunk coming back to the PlayStation Store. Uh, I'm going to review Final Fantasy VII's latest DLC that came out, uh, I think it's last week at this point. I don't know if it's been two weeks, whatever. Um, but I play I played that through and I'm a big fan. So I'm going to talk about that. And then quickly we'll talk about Steam Sale, things that we're eyeing out. But we got to start here, Joe, with the most important, the most important bit of news of nay dare i say history that happened this week on wednesday joe okay i want you to come in this conversation with me i want you to follow me set me free trust me and we will escape from the city because we're talking about the sonic well oh jesus the word there's so many words joe sonic 30th anniversary symphony concert it's a lot of words to remember that there we are. It's all right on, there on Wednesday, and I know, like, I would say I'm, I'm a, I'm a Sonic fan. I'm not some hardcore Sonic fan. I'm not out there, you know, like, rock, you know, rocking big red cartoon shoes or anything like that. But I like Sonic. I enjoy him. I've always liked his character design and his games and the, the characters in that world. So I'm a big fan. So I sat down yesterday afternoon 
to you know listen to some classic Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog music, which has a great soundtrack throughout its 30-year history, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the symphony orchestra, I don't know if it was the same symphony that did like the Pokemon orchestra or if they were connected or not, because I saw that live in concert too, and that was really cool. Uh, but... You know, I'll just I'll quickly recap it here for you, Joe, and then hopefully you can go back and watch it later. Was it was basically segments into two different parts. That was a, a first half an intermission, and then a second half. And the first man, their first half was all orchestral music of or or- orchestral versions, I should say, of classic Sonic songs. So you got your Green Hill Zones and and the likes of that. You know. Um, I thought what was awesome was they played, <laughs> just like out of nowhere, they played Can You Feel the Sunshine from Sonic R. You know that song? With the, I don't know that song. But oh, okay, I gotta show you, because Sonic R is like notoriously known as like an awful uh, game where it's like a quote-unquote racing game, but it's just like the Sonic characters running fast. Um, oh, really? And so the song is like, Can You Feel the Sunshine? And it's it's made so many memes over the years. It's awful. Uh, but the song is a bop. It's a certified banger. Uh, so they played that randomly. And, and it was just the orchestral, you know, whatever, the violins singing instead. And so I'm like, I'm getting hype. Like, I, I was, uh, they had a Sonic Mania block. And then they had, like, Sonic 3 and Knuckles and different things. I'm like, all right, I'm feeling this. But when they played, they played Sonic R. Like, that's my jam right there. And then I was I was devastated because they get to Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure through everything was or two everything was chronological, and then they don't play City Escape, which is like the most iconic you know Sonic Adventure song you could think of, like you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what you you think of with uh with uh with Sonic, it's like in hand in hand. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe they si- they skip City Escape. This is such a disgrace. So I, I'm fuming. I'm getting ready to go on a twit longer thread about how bad it is. And then the first half takes an intermission. I also want to point out the the actual highlight of the first half of the concert for me was I don't know if if you have you ever played any of the classic 2D Sonic games, Joe? Yeah. You know, chem- Sega Genesis and stuff. You know the uh, chemical plant zone, the second zone after Green Hill Zone. Yeah. So, <laughs> what they they played that one, and I'm just like heated. I'm just watching at home, heated, thinking about <laughs> memories of Chemical Plant. Um, but the music, the song is a really good song. And then in the video, because they have like video of each level playing as they're doing the music, uh, they actually have like a close call where you almost drown or you almost get flattened by the, those squares oh, that are moving. God. And like the oh. countdown, like five, four, three, and the music like change, and like it's like Sonic just barely gets out before he would before he would drown. So like that was definitely the highlight of the of the first half of the the uh, symphony for me and then there was a 10 minute intermission and then the second half was like obviously not live because it was recorded but like kind of like in a studio live performances from the original creator of the first two soundtracks band in japan so it was him and his band did some sonic music and then crush 40 which is a notorious Sonic, I don't know if they only make Sonic songs or they're a band that all their songs get put into Sonic games, but they literally make like ever since Sonic Adventure and um, like the Dreamcast days, like Crush Crush 40, like they made Sonic Heroes, like you know, Sonic Heroes, like um, they they made they make a lot of Sonic songs, so they had their own like segment, it was like a mini concert in whatever room that they were in, 
and the lead singer was like talking to the camera. He's like, "All right, I want to hear you. This is one of my favorite songs." And he's like, "Looking, he's looking, he's looking into my soul, Joe. Like I'm there, and I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my god, this guy's so serious right now. Like he does his pre-recorded right, but he's getting so emotionally attached to these Sonic songs here." And oh my God. <laughs> like the guitarist had like a sonic guitar on it too. Like it was cool. And then it gets to I think so it started at three o'clock for me, EST, and it gets to like four fifty four, four fifty five PM, something like that. And I'm like, damn. These Sega really did me dirty. They really didn't play City Escape. Like I was, I was actually depressed. I was like, "There's only five minutes left in here. I imagine it's going to end at five o'clock." And you know what? And you know what? Crush Forty lead singer man does, Joe. What does he do? Tell he me. He comes out here and says, "We're going to play one of everyone's favorites," or I don't remember what he actually said, but something along those lines. And then the video starts playing, and it's Sonic with this with the sled, you know, whatever. Sled skateboard hybrid thing from from city from that first level snowboard. of snowboard to is it a snowboard? I guess I guess it, so. It because, doesn't have well. It's it's a it's a part of a helicopter right. that he rips off right. of like a wing of the helicopter, but it's supposed to be like a snowboard going down right the going down the streets jungle. of San Francisco. So yeah. it starts playing that video like boom boom da boom, and I'm like, no way, no way. It was like a huge Game of Thrones level twist. That the whole time they thought, I thought, they weren't going to play City Escape. And then they jam it out right at the end. And I'm, I'm literally like screaming at home, singing along. Because that's how hyped I got at the end that they actually played it. And then, you thought they were done, Joe? Did you think they were done? Did you did, did you think after City Escape? Wrong. Then they played Live and Learn, which is Shadow's theme. You know, that was like, Live and Learn. Live and Learn. I would. I'm head banging by myself in <laughs> in my living room in my house, just jamming out to live and learn. So, like overall, I think it was a great experience. Uh, Twitch was actually garbage. The feed on Twitch, uh, it it just like shut down like four minutes in. It just turned off and it was laggy before then. The music was playing normally, but the actual video was super laggy. Uh, so I switched over to YouTube, and there was like over 50,000 people watching it on YouTube live, which I thought was pretty cool, you know? That is pretty cool. Dang. Yeah. So overall, it was a fun experience, and then I say this to remind to remind Joe and our listeners that Sonic Mania is currently free on the Epic Game Store starting as of, Thank you know, Thursday. You. So I, I went down in, uh, earlier today, I went in and downloaded it to make sure I didn't miss that one. Because you get mad at me when I don't buy the, the, new, the free games. But you don't buy them, you just get them. Sure. Will you buy them for for free ninety nine? How about that? Yeah, and then you just have a collection of other games that you could play if you ever want to. Like it's free. Okay, so they're for free, Joe. So for free. Um, and it was it was you know cool. Like I I listen to the Sonic Mania soundtrack a lot. It was just like when I'm gaming or something because it's like two and a half hours long and all the different stages and stuff. So it was cool that they gave Sonic Mania some some nice shine since that's a recent game. They had like a whole segment for what's the new one? Uh, Sonic Colors that they're making the remaster of or the 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 eight whatever they're doing. Remember they announced that a couple weeks ago that they're remaking or remastering Sonic Colors. So they had like a whole segment on that too. Um, it was it was a it was a fun time all around, Joe. 
Sounds like it was. I'm, I was unsure what you were talking about when you texted me when I was driving home. Um, but I, uh, I quickly realized what you were talking about. Did I like all caps text you the city escape? Um, <laughs> where, where, is, where is my phone? Hold on. Yeah, I, think me... I, I texted you something. I can't remember. I was just in such a, a daze at that point that I, I don't remember now, uh, you know, so you first, you first texted me, we were taught, we were discussing what we were going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And then, as a, a we ended it, and I said I'll take a look at something. And then two hours after that, you texted me saying Sonic Symphony is starting, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" And you're like, "Sonic Three Knuckles Melody." And then <laughs> you said something else that I'm not gonna say right. Now. <laughs> and then you said Sonic R. No effing way! Oh my. God, I did, I, like, say that. To, I did say that. I did say that's what I was talking about. Can you feel yeah. the sunshine? Yeah, and then you said, "BRB, uh, gonna go learn violin, enjoy the Sonic Symphony Orchestra." <laughs> and then about an hour after you sent that, in all caps, you said, "They ended with City Escape. Let's effing go!" <laughs> So Joe, you can you could be you know firsthand experience that I am not lying in my excitement yeah. that I had I yesterday. Have, I have the receipts of what he did, oh, and they're God. there. It was so good. All right, what, what's our what's our next topic here on on Cup of Joe's, Joe? Well, we can cover we can cover two different items. I'm gonna let you choose them, Joseph. Okay. We can talk. About one of my favorite games all time being converted into a movie, or we can talk about another thing that you want to talk about. Which one would you like to go with? Because I'm fine with bringing up this movie. I'm I'd fine to talk about this. I was gonna be mean and say, "Oh, who cares about you, Joe? Let's go with me." But I care about you. <laughs> I answered my own oh, question. Thank you. So there you go. Let's 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 go with your story. All right. Uh, as we talked about. I think in our E3 update um, that Gearbox is making a Borderlands film. Um, I thought they had just started making the film, according to what was being shown. But apparently, um, earlier this week, about two days ago, they put, an article was put out saying that they had just finished wrapping up filming, which is amazing in my mind, that they right. are finally almost done with this. Um, video game movie that they're making and they after they did this they released a image of what will be claptrap in the movie which is exciting because i'm excited about it because i'm excited about jack black voicing claptrap and joe brown hasn't seen the picture yet no i'm waiting i'm waiting to give my live reaction so here's the picture Oh, Claptrap. Oh, wow. That actually looks really good. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure this is in the thumbnail for the uh, for the video, if anyone's watching on YouTube, so you can see Claptrap. Uh, that, like, looks real, you know what I mean? Kind of like, I don't want to say BBH style, but it looks like Claptrap's really there. Yeah, it, it looks really good. Um, that so looks I'm really awesome. excited about it. And then, uh, me and Joe Brown have like briefly been talking about the movie and our opinions about certain things, and um, Joe Brown has stated his opinions about some of the characters and how he he doesn't agree with some of the casting. And I was kind of like, ah, I don't know, um, 
I don't know about how I feel about that. I want, I want to see trailer before I make my opinion about that. But I do have one very strong opinion okay. about um, Tiny Tina, and I'm upset that they didn't cast um, Ashley Birch as Tiny Tina. Because I feel like she would do... Oh, right, because she's the voice actress, right? She's the voice actress of Tiny Tina. I'm going to look up Tiny Tina like... right now. Tiny Tina. Images. She... Oh, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Like a... She had a... She has the game coming out that was at... Um... Yeah. <clears throat> at she... the Summer Games Fest. Yeah. Yeah, Tiny Tiny Tina is like one of the best characters in, in my opinion, one of the best characters in the game. And in the third game they made her older. So she's like she's more of an adult somewhat and cuz in the second game she's kind she's kind of still like a very younger yeah. child. Yeah. Um but they I guess they did have to cast a younger child because I think this game takes place in between Borderlands 2 and 3 from what it seems like. Okay. Um but I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what it's going to look like. Um, I would really like this to be a good movie and not be a flop of a movie like most other video game well, movies are. Yeah, that's I, what you have to worry about, right? The, yeah. The, well, the question I want to ask about Tiny Tina is, like, do you think they went with the young actress, like, like Harry Potter style, because they're hoping that it's going to become more movies, so Tiny Tina's character can grow as the young actress also grows, like with Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson and them. You know what I mean? Like, is it like they're investing in the series so that no. they can change her story, like tell her when she's young and then tell her when she's an adult, because then the girl will be an adult. You know what I mean? Well, they Because if, if you start with would... Ashley Birch now as an adult, then you can never go back to like. Young Tiny Tina with Ashley Birch, right? Yeah, but, like, the thing is, like, the way... I didn't think they were going to do more than one movie. Maybe they might, but, like, if they were going to... We're getting two Sonic movies, baby! Heck yeah, my dude. But, like, like I was saying, if they were going to do that, then why didn't they start with, like... Because Tiny Tina doesn't show up until the second game, so why wouldn't we do something before the second game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. We're going to have to see. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Depending on how this movie goes, it all depends on what's going to happen. So um, we shall see. But I am excited. Uh, to Because I, I first, I love the fact that Jack Black is playing Claptrap because I think it's going to be amazing. That's a great casting. Decision. That's a great casting. Is this Black, uh, Black Jack. I'm going to call him Jack. Blackjack, <laughs> Blacktrap, um, Claptrap is being played by Jack Black, which is great for my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's all. All we kind of got about the movie right now. I still think that um, what's his name? Who's his Eli name Roth, here? the director? No, no, no. Well, he he's done good work. I'm talking. I'm trying to remember. Randy Pitchford. Mm-hmm. He still looks like the like embodiment of Handsome Jack as a person with some of the <laughs> outfits he wears. Um, yeah. But this is my opinion. Um, well, one of the comments some... on this... Oh, God, go God. ahead, Joe. I was going to say, one of the comments on this article, someone states, that sure is Claptrap, and then that's all, <laughs> that's all they say. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, what the I was going to say is um, what's odd is that 
if they were so close to wrapping production, right, and they had the E3 half hour for Gearbox where half of it was literally just Randy walking around talking to people in a, a loud studio set with, like, blurred faces because they didn't want to reveal the character designs or whatever. It's like... Did that have so did, did that have to happen at E three? If you just if you literally wrap production two weeks after E three happened, like you could have just held this gearbox half hour event, like I don't know, July first or something like that. You know what I mean? Am I crazy? I don't I don't know. Because it seems like a total know. wasted opportunity. I and I understand that the the footage of him on set was not literally done, like, right before, two days before E3. I'm sure that was months ago, the footage of him talking with Eli and then being him talking with Kevin Hart and stuff. But I just feel like, you know, for most people, agree that the Gearbox was, like, a waste of a half hour and didn't really need to have a, a, a press conference this year. So, like, I feel like they could have garnered a lot more positive news about their movie if they had done this separate from e3 instead of like the downer that everyone felt like watching that half hour yeah i agree with you i i agree with you now also would you like because then i looked up tiny tina on google of course how you know the internet works it led me to amazon would you like a 12 dollar tiny tina action figure on amazon no i'm okay okay there is a seven there's an 18 dollar claptrap action figure on Amazon. I've got I've got a claptrap action figure sitting right in front of me right now. You're a big I remember back in our, our college days, Jim, I helped you make your uh your bulletin board with the oh claptrap on yes. it, remember? Yes, I do. Back when we were on the the RA staff, we had to make those stupid bulletin boards and you did a claptrap one. It was so good too. That was, a, was that the... was definitely the best bulletin board in in my half year in that building that was definitely the best bulletin board we ever did yeah it was it was great i loved it okay let's stop let's stop <laughs> focusing on the past joe and let's talk about yes. the present because presently the steam summer sale is going on okay so i've been i've been waiting anxiously because it's not the same as it used to be with, like, the crazed, you know, this game is on sale for three minutes nonsense. It's, like, a bigger window, but the sales aren't as as deep as they used to be, which I think is a fair trade-off. So, um, if anyone does have their Steam account, they can look on the pretty much every game that I can see. Anything that I have on my wish list is, uh, is on sale. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. The one that stand out to me and then i'll ask you joe uh, i'm finally gonna get indivisible which is an indie rpg game that was like hand-drawn animations of every frame i don't want to say similar to cuphead because i might be talking like an idiot because maybe they did things differently but it is like you can noticeably see if you look up indivisible you're like okay this was definitely hand-drawn compared to like the other types of ways that people you know their art styles of video games so it's an indie rpg that's on sale 75 percent off for 10 bucks and right now if you heard that click on the mouse, I hit purchase. So I've now purchased it. Nice. Nice. So what stands out to you? Well, I haven't gotten a good look at it. Some of the things on my wish list that I haven't really thought about a lot lately are on sale. Um, I really wish that I could pick up um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla on sale in the Steam store, but it's not on the Steam store. Oh. So... 
I'm gonna have to figure that out. Is it on the? Um, probably on. Doesn't UB. UB have their own launcher, right? Yeah, it's probably on there. Yeah. But is it gonna be on sale? Who knows? Um, I did pick up Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh, um, the complete edition or whatever. The complete edition because it was it's a pretty good deal. Like, what is it like thirty percent off or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I picked I picked up that boy. Um, let's see what Yubi's got. Is Ubisoft going to help me out here? You going to help me out? I was looking at all like the Square Enix stuff, and it it's it, it gets me every time, right? So the Final Fantasy, like obviously the, all the Final Fantasy games under the sun are all on sale. And I'm like, oh wow! Like Final Fantasy ten slash ten two HD remaster is off for it was fifty percent off. Like wow, that's a great deal. And it's like it's still fifteen bucks though. It's like so the regular yeah. price is thirty. So you know maybe if it was twenty dollars and it was fifty percent off, and then it was ten dollars, then I would get it. But I feel like a lot of these. Final Fantasy games that I have had in my wish list for a long time now are just like I wish that base price was a little lower so that that you know discount meant even even more for me to get it you know yeah I kind of want to pick up the Shirelle Humans I really want to play that game that game looks fun um that's on my wish list right now uh it's another good one that's on my wish list most of the things on my wish list now are games that are haven't even come out yet because I stocked them all up for when I when I'm gonna remember to buy them when I, they come out. I added Tunic to the wish list. Remember that uh, like that Fox Zelda looking game? Nice. Yeah. Cool. So hopefully I'll get updates for for that when that one comes out. And it, I like how it's like spread out, um unless I'm misremembering the last couple sales, like they have this kind of adventure story like intro screen did you get that too that page that was like what type of game do you want to play and then it was like you could click yeah. the like i like how they handle that and how things even on the main storefront are segmented to like the rpg anime strategy event roguelike like i i like the presentation this time around of the of the steam sale a lot yeah it's a good one i've, I've liked the a few of the other ones that they've done but this is more. This is better laid out, from what it looks like. Um, it is very, it is very well laid out. I will say that. The only other one that I'm debating and I need your help on is Go if ahead. I finally sack up and buy Civilization Six, which it's been in my wishes for ever now, and I just I never make I the commitment. Oh my god, let me type it in. I so I think it's ten bucks on the Switch right now, and then. If it's ten bucks on the Switch, part and of me feels like you. It's ahead. fifteen on Steam. I don't know what the discount percent. It's seventy. So it's seventy five percent off on Steam, which makes it fifteen dollars. Um, but okay, 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 okay. Big spender, big spender over here, Joe. The whole Civilization <clears throat> Six Anthology bundle, which is two hundred dollars. Is fifty oh is fifty dollars, and that's a seventy six percent off compared to the seventy five percent off of just buying Civilization Six. Now, yes, I'm spending like forty more dollars, but I'm also saving one percentage on a sale. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't know. So I was thinking, maybe one day, maybe we do like a Civilization Let's Play or something. We take over a country and we go to town. Let's do it. Okay. Let's cool. do it. 
All right, so let's move on from uh, from Steam here, Joe. Okay. And talk about Cyberpunk returning to the PlayStation Store. Now I saw. I this. was just about. To, I was just about to say that I'm in Steam looking at the action games, and the top game is Cyberpunk. Is there it's on a discount? Thirty. It's a thirty-three dollar, thirty-three percent discount. It's at forty dollars. Now, what do you think? Because like I haven't ever since their like you know horrendous release, I have I kind of decided to stop paying attention to Cyberpunk because I, you know, I feel like a lot of people feel the same way as me. So like, have you been following up with it? I know you bought it initially. Like, have they said they've made a lot of updates or, or they fixed a lot of things? I'm following the updates. They do. They have been fixing a bunch of stuff. I haven't gone back to it. But I've actually been like meaning to go back to it. I, I wanted to beat it because like it was still when I was playing it, it was still like a fun game to play. Like yeah, my graphics card couldn't handle it with the RTX on, even though I had a twenty seventy super. But like it was still like an interesting game. There's like really interesting story stuff and like like yeah, they dropped the ball on like the graphical errors that it had, but they did really well with the story outline. Like I was enjoying that, but okay. I I want them to put in the things that they showed in their first like playthrough or showcase of stuff, where because you can buy those um, cybernetic enhancements like the mantis arms or the gorilla punch hands, mm-hmm. um, and in the game the mantis arms allowed you to like crawl on walls and like do aerial attacks and stuff, but they took that out. So I'm hoping that one day they'll bring the and put those back. But we'll have to see if that ever really happens. Um, but I still want to get through it and play it. Like, I've, I've been meaning to go back to it. Um, I just haven't yet. Because I think it is interesting that, you know, PlayStation 1 took it off the store and then now they, like, kind of silently put it back. But I think the official statement, they still recommended that uh, you don't play it on last-gen consoles, which is, like, you know a giant percentage of the player base that would potentially play it and, you know, kind of the systems that they were developed during the time frame that the game was being made, you know what I mean? So it still feels, it still doesn't, let's let me just say, it still isn't satisfying that that's the resolution is the just play it on Xbox Series X or PS5 because it's like, well, you took all those people's money on PS4 and Xbox One, you know, and you didn't optimize it for them. Well, that's the thing. They gave them their money back. They, the return, like, they allowed people to return the game. No, I know, but and I'm saying they... when they were making the game, they were making it at the time oh, for yeah. PS4 and Xbox One, and it never had the intention of being even, you know, salvageable on those consoles. Yeah, I, I think they went too hard with the RTX, and that's what I think causes a lot of the issues is the RTX, but then there's also the... The salat the the whole bug issue that they continuously had, mm-hmm. but there there's a lot of like things that we were learning that was like bad for the dev team and like they just kept pushing them to do this and they wanted the game to be. This kind of brings up the conversation of like the developers wanted to push the game out, but the developers knew if they did that they were going to once again get um, heat from the community and just like last time get death threats about having to extend the game's like launch, which is right kind of upsetting to think about how you're excited about a game. Why are you going to threaten a a developer who's making your game when he's trying to make it the best that he can, but then you get pissed off that the game's not coming out because they have to delay it, but then you're going to get pissed off when they release it and it's, like, half-finished. So it's like you 
you can't win in the situation. Like people are going to be mad either way. And I feel like they just had to decide to be like, okay, we're doing it this way, but they kind of chose the wrong way to do it in my opinion. But I'm not, I'm not in charge of that kind of stuff. There's a reason I don't work in that field. Right. Well, I would, you know, I would say there's not a lot of logic regarding most death threats. You know what I mean? Like to be, Oh, why would you kill them? Because if you kill them, they can't make the game. It's like, yeah, well that person's not thinking logically when they send a stupid death threat, you know? Yeah, but the fact that you have to, like, some of them were male. The fact that you wrote it down, put that's, it in a letter. That's ridiculous. Stamped it and sent it is the issue. Like, what is this, 1973? So, like, what are you, Benjamin Franklin? God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm excited to see, to go back in and see what they've done. Um, I know they've done a lot of good work on it, and they're continuously doing work on it. So. Um, I'm gonna hop in eventually and see what it see what it's all about. See what's going on. You know what I mean? I guess. Trying to get that. Trying to get them cybernetic enhancements. You know what I'm saying? Well, I wish I could say the same, but now I gotta play Civilization Six. Sorry. So. Well, that's fine. You can do that, and I can do this. <laughs> okay, that's fair. At the same time, you just like yeah. you're just quiet for ten minutes as you're watching a cutscene, and I'm like, Joe, I'm getting attacked. I'm getting flanked from the left. I need help, and you're just like. Whoa, look at this look at this gun. I'm just like shh 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 be quiet. <laughs> They're talking. <laughs> oh gosh. Alright. Oh my god. So let's I think we're going at a good pace here, Joe. So I say we I say we, we hit it with our last topic. Let's hit it. Alright, so, so anybody who remembers our uh I don't even know how many cup episodes ago it was last year, Final Fantasy Seven remake on the PS4. Uh, it was actually my game of the year, personally. Uh, it came out like a month into quarantine, I think, uh, as we were all sitting at home. And I, like, no life that game. I legitimately was playing it, like, 12 hours a day. And then I would, like, go sleep and wake up and then play 12 hours again. Like, completely destroyed my sleep cycle. But it didn't matter because we weren't going anywhere, right? Uh, yeah. So we talked about Final Fantasy VII Remake the last time. Uh, and actually, like, got into, you know, pretty good discussions back and forth with our friend Art. You remember he came on for our fighting game episode? He's a yep. huge he's a huge Final Fantasy VII fan, so, like, we talked back and forth. I even started playing the original on Steam, I have it, and I was texting him, and he sent me, like, a guide, too, and he was helping me out and stuff. So, um, this, earlier June, I don't know if it was a week, week and a half ago, whatever it was, Final Fantasy... <laughs> Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy 7 Remakes Intergrade update for the PlayStation 5 came out. And Final Fantasy 7 Remake Intergrade Intermission episode Yuffie DLC was what came out with it, which I'm not making that up, Joe. Uh, long story <laughs> short, it is essentially a DLC and $20, which we can talk about. That was from the perspective of Yuffie, who comes from the from the Wu Tai region, which is another region in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, that she wasn't in this original chunk of the game, that that first you know Midgar thirty plus hour section of the story, and they're kind of like pushing her into this. So the events of the Final Fantasy VII remake game, those first thirty hours or so, happen simultaneously. As Yuffie now being in Midgar on a mission to like to uh, forget, like, try to find the Avalanche, you know, whatever group and 
reclaim Wu Tai and yada yada yada. Um, bunch of nonsense. So what it, it was nice. The best part about this show, and I'll just say I'll say it this way: the best part is that this story is completely unattached to the original the game that came out last year. And you say, Oh, isn't that a bad thing? What I mean is so how the the original game worked is it's segmented into chapters that you could just play like at any point. So I, let's say it was 18 chapters. I don't remember the exact number. Like you could play chapters one through 18 and then you could just say, I want to load from chapter six. And then you just start from chapter six and go on again. So it's like a weird system. Uh, but what I was terrified of was let's say, but like I was worried Square would put this Yuffie DLC in like chapter 13.5 or something like that. You know what I mean? And then I'd mm-hmm. have to play through the whole game again just to get it. But because it, it and it literally is two different main menus on the homepage for the, for FF7. Uh, like on the left side is the intergrade, the, the update. And then on the right is uh, is the intermission episode, and it, so it goes from Cloud's Buster Sword on the left, and if you hit right, it goes to uh, to like Yuffie's blade or whatever she calls it. Uh, and it I, so I like that a lot. It took me about I want to say six hours, six and a half hours. Uh, it had been over a year since I played, so I kept dying at the beginning, just trying to remember the mechanics <laughs> and stuff. Like there was these like two dogs that killed me, had to have killed me seven or eight times, just because I just forgot about all of the mechanics there. Um, but once you get started, Yuffie's. Uh, so you know the game is like it's like live action or full action, like Final Fantasy 15, but then you can slow it down and use your abilities like like turn based, kind of like the original game. Yeah. So, um, so that gameplay, which is still like, I still say is like the best gameplay I've ever played in one of these, uh, you know, JRPGs like this. It's still perfect there. And Yuffie plays even differently from cloud. So I'm excited for the future games when she gets integrated into the party, how we can utilize her. So she has her, I want to call it a boomerang. I'm sorry if it's not the right word, but it's a, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever it goes in, it goes back and forth and it's four sided. So for lack of a better word, I'll call it the boomerang. That's her weapon. That's her weapon type. So like cloud has the buster sword, but he has a bunch of other different swords that all you know, look like the, the buster sword. They still work the same way as a, a, a long ass sword. So she has yeah. all these different boomerang style weapons that you can use and put the material in and stuff. And the best thing about her, uh, because they know it's a separate thing, so they give you your own materia and its own, you know, upgraded levels and things like that, because it's a separate story, is her weapon. So in the traditional game, if Cloud wanted to do, let's say, like, lightning magic to a, a robot, like, I'd have to equip, I'd have to equip a lightning materia onto the Buster Sword and then, like, use it, use the charge of it or whatever... But her weapon, she can throw out and from a distance just attack if you just like spam attack from a distance and it stays attacking the enemy. And her weapon is infused. She has a spell that you can use one of her action points, her ATB bars. Um, well, that's like ATM machine. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just said that. I just realized um, that it is infused with all four elemental materia. So you... You use an ATB action to choose, like, all right, I want to change this to a fire attack or an, a, a, a lightning attack or, you know, a, a wind attack or whatever. So that way you don't even have to equip those materia and waste and quote unquote waste a materia slot. You follow what I'm saying? I follow what you're saying. And that was such 
awesome because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fighting a human. Most hu- most of the humanoid style uh, enemies are weak to fire, so I would use the ATB and switch to like the fire uh, the fire attack, and like I'm just hitting from a distance, and and I'm like, oh, okay, super effective damage. Like, all right, these robots are usually weak to to lightning, so I switched to that, and again, and it was such a fun mechanic. And then the other part, so you know, a boomerang is like, you know, it goes out and it goes back in, right? Yeah. You so, throw it out and it comes back to you. So for this, you throw it out and you can hit people from a distance. And then when you re-grab it, you warp to your weapon on the enemy. And then you start wailing on them again. So like, I'd have to show you some gameplay on YouTube or something like that to fully uh, no, I, I, explain I, it. I understand what you're talking about. That sounds like really cool. It was so much fun. Like I loved playing. I, I would say Tifa was my favorite character to play as in the in the fir- in the first game last year because she felt the most rushed down beat em up like fun to play but like I think Yuffie's even more fun to play and that's saying something cuz I really love the first game um it's like so her gameplay although it's like it's completely separate from everything and they kind of have moments where they cross a little bit where you know Yuffie's going this way and like she gets to um <clears throat> uh, I can't think of the first town's name. It's blanking me. The town where the, most of the game takes place, where the bar is and everything, all the where Avalanche's headquarters is, um, mm-hmm. and so she gets there as like Avalanche is leaving. You know what I mean to go on the next mission. So like you yeah. do have a little little bit of crossover where they don't mess up too you know the timeline too much there. They don't change too much about it, which I liked. Um, but overall, they introduced a new character, Sonan or Sonin or whatever. He was just like kind of her her bodyguard. Uh, he was fine, but like it's it really the DLC really let Yuffie shine. Like her personality was awesome. She was very energetic and like uh, a really like fun, you know, charismatic character that like I really am excited to to get joined in the next episode and like probably be a part of my main rotation because like she was really that fun to play as cool i'm excited that sounds awesome i'm gonna have to watch you play some of this because doesn't can't you like stream with the playstation 5 now i think so yeah i think you could do and then like you could like have someone take over too with their controller or something i forget how that worked Um, that's pretty cool yeah you're gonna have to i'm gonna have to watch you play some of that next time yeah so Um, like i will say story for the most part, they introduce new characters and like, obviously these new characters aren't super impactful because like they weren't there. So they're not going to, they're not going to make some DLC character, like super integral to like the main FF seven plot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but the new characters that did introduce were nice and they actually had tie-ins with existing side characters. Uh, so there's this one girl her name is Kyrie, and it kills me because it's literally spent is spelled Kyrie, like Kyrie Irving, like K Y R I E. And her name is <laughs> her name is Kyrie. I'm like Japan. You guys gotta be kidding me here, Square. Uh, so Get out of here. Kyrie is like kind of this kleptomaniac that just likes gambling and stealing money and things. And you actually play her in a mini game, this like side game from the from the original. Um, the game's not too fun, but it is a mini game. It gives you additional content, and like so, you interact with her, and I think his name was Chadley. He was like the tech guy that was giving you a lot of uh, a lot of your resources in the original game, and he helps Yuffie out also. So there are neat, let's say, inconsequential ties between the DLC and the main game that I think really connect well and don't 
and don't mess with too much stuff. You know what I mean? Like they don't be like, hey, well that doesn't make sense because he should have been in this moment in this time according to the original game. Like there's no, they, they're very good at treading lightly on not just like blowing everything up. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. That's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. But I'm sure once she gets into the real game, they're going to be like, they're going to change like a bunch of stuff like they did in the original. In the original. Because, yeah, people are still, like our friend Art is like still heated about some of the changes that they made, which I understand. I actually agree with a lot of them. Uh, We actually, we don't have a lot of answers right now. Uh, The DLC and specifically the ending has given us more questions than we went into the DLC with, which is kind of frustrating, but definitely par for the course for, uh, for, for Square Enix at this point. Um, Like, I don't know if we want to get into, to spoilers or not, but like, it's just like the same, the same issues and the same worries that you had at the end of FF7 remake last year are not remedied at the end of this like it's the same potential issue because they even after the credits like cut back to the original crew from the first game and see like what they're up to and like where they're leading to to start the the second the second episode of the remake and it's like well you didn't really answer any questions that we had here last year and you kind of just i i'm a little worried with some of the direction they're going joe uh I understand. Story-wise, <laughs> I'll say. Like, gameplay-wise, this game is literally amazing. Like, I can't, I cannot wait until, like, 2037 when all eight episodes are, are released and I just play, you know, 200 hours straight through because the gameplay is fantastic and I can't wait for it. But I'm worried that, you know, the Tetsuya Nomura is going to Nomura it up and, uh, and, and, and uh, take this story in a very weird direction where the game is already very strange to begin with as a final fantasy game and well we'll see what happens joe we will see what happens my only main complaint is 20 bucks was a lot for like i know you can't do for dlc you can't do like the hour to dollar gameplay you know uh division or whatever but 20 bucks for six to maybe eight hours if you go super slow like i did try to i did try to like you know i did every side quest but i tried to get through it quickly like that's a steep price for me considering how like you can't then use Yuffie or any of that progress to go into the regular game if you're going to play both together, you know? So I wish I wish it was like 15 or something. There was also a weird bug. I don't know when I transferred my PS4 cloud data or whatever storage to the PS5 uh all those months ago, like it didn't save any of my Final Fantasy 7 stuff because I think I had to it I had to go into the PS4 onto FF7R and upload it through there instead of it being in my cloud storing on the system. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there are some games like, like Dragon Ball Fighters, perfect example. I'm missing one achievement in that game and it's the 20 million Zenny and I'm literally never going to get it because I was only at like, I was only at like 9 million Zenny or something. So I'm not going to sit there and grind 11 million Zenny just to get the plat. Maybe I should, but I won't. Um, so when I've got that on PS4 and upgraded to PS5, I'm still missing one, I'm still missing one achievement. I lost all my money because you transferred accounts or, or systems or whatever, which was fine. But it was, it's like, I had all my DLC characters. I had everything. When I, when I turned Final Fantasy VII on and I started playing the DLC, 
and I was like, you know, achievement, and it was like, you know, use a summon or something. I'm like, what? Like, I definitely got, like, used a summon in the original game, and I click it, and it's like, achievement, 1%. And I was at, like, 60%, and I'm like, well, are you kidding me? So, like, so the save data did not transfer over from PS4 to PS5, and now it's like, well, I don't want to replay through the part one again just to get all the achievements I already had. Like, it was it was super frustrating. Yeah, I can, I, I feel that. I would definitely... Yeah, and then the the intergrade and intermission are in separate uh, things in the PlayStation Store. Like, because you could you could get the intergrade mission for free if you owned if you owned it on the PS4 because you're getting the because it's integrated as the PS5 you know free update. But then if you didn't buy it before, like if you're just getting it fresh. Then the intergrade costs twenty dollars, where it's supposed to be a free upgrade. But then there's also the free tab, <laughs> because I had this. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm going on too long here. But what essentially is is I played FF7 on PS4. I had that data to show that I got the intergrade um, upgrade for free in the PlayStation Store because I had the data, but I had no save data or achievement transferable, you know, transform transferring over to the PS5 because I was at 0%. But if it recognized that I had it on the PS4, then why didn't it transfer over, right? Correct. Yeah. Like yeah. what? I sound what very, I, I sound like the meme with always sunny with the guy with the, with the cork, the board behind him with all the, the, Oh, Charlie. Dots. Yeah. That's how I sound right now, but Pepe Sylvia, <laughs> Carol, Carol. <laughs> so, moral of the story: FF7 remake is fantastic. The Yuffie DLC was awesome, and she's now like I'm super excited when she actually joins the main roster because she was the most fun character to play as so far out of all of them, and and yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. There it is. All right, Joe. We got our hot takes. We got all our hot takes all in one basket. You know what we're going to do with that basket, Joe Brown? What are you going to do? We're going to take it home. Go for it. No, you take it home. Oh, I forgot I take it home. That's how this well, works. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take it home. I'm going to take my hot basket of hot takes home. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cup of Joes. We've loved having you here. I'm your host, Joe Parian, accompanied by my best friend, Joe Brown. And we'll catch you in the next episode. We'll catch you on the course in Mario Golf. Boo!